I don't give a fuck. I'm like, Roar! Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Geek Mosh Pit Podcast, your source for all things nerd, pop culture, and fucking metal. My name is Jason. And I'm Anthony. And on this episode tonight, we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be talking about some fucking shows we went to. Uh, we're also going to be getting into uh, the Netflix series Punisher, which we all loved. Absolutely. And we might as well just say right now we have our engineer here in the house. We've got an engineer now. Hello. Engineer Ryan. Hey, what's up, man? So now we're actually getting big. Now, next week we're going to have a fucking jet and we're going to have... Yeah, we're going to have a we're gonna have studio. studio and and shit. Like, you know. Yeah, but anyways... Um, how is you? How you been, dude? I've been doing good. I've been good, man. You know, it's it's you know getting getting to see two sh- shows in like a few days. That was fun. Um, yeah, I saw the faceless as of this recording. I saw them last night. That being Wednesday. Um, so how how was the show? Well, it was interesting. Um, so I I know that like you and Ryan, you guys couldn't make it, and like most of my friends didn't go. Like most people I know who would have wanted to have been there weren't there. Which was surprising. I was like, the show was like pretty cheap. It was like seventeen dollars at the door. Um, you know, four bands. Like, That's a lot of money for like. Uh, it's not a local show, but I mean, I really don't know who the Faceless is. Oh, you don't? I don't. Oh. I've actually never heard him before. But from what you guys were telling me, you and uh, yeah, Jesse, they're like, yeah, this band's really fucking good. Yeah, so. and they're signed with Sumerian. They've been around for I think like ten plus years or something. Um, but yeah, they're fucking they're tech death band. A little more proggy now. Not so much. Uh, well, no, they're more tech now than they used to. They used to be more like kind of like metalcore, but um. Yeah, no, so, like, you know, I, I was really excited for the show because a couple years ago I went and I think I saw BT Bam, B- Between the Barrier to Me, and I think they were supposed to be there and then they canceled or something. I don't remember exactly what happened, but, you know, I've been looking forward to seeing them for quite a few years, and so I, you know, I'm like, holy shit, I'm driving to work one day and I get a notification on my phone, like, Faceless and Petaluma in two weeks. I'm like, oh, my fucking God, how much? Fucking 17 bucks? That's cheap as fuck. Let's go. Um and so, you know, I, I Come go on, ahead. everybody. Actually, wait. No one's here. Oh, yeah. No one's here. So, yeah, n- not really any... Like, I, a few people who I knew were there, but, like, none of, like, my friends who I knew would have wanted to have been there were there. Um, the turnout itself was kind of lame, and I was really surprised. I thought to myself, oh, you know, maybe everyone's just going to get here later, which didn't happen. Like, when Faces went on, it was pretty mediocre like not them personally but like the the audience like the audience was very low energy they weren't moshing um i actually ended up starting a pit like three songs in because i'm just and i don't i don't start mosh pits but like i'm like no one is moshing why uh, fuck this and so i started a pit and then <laughs> come you know, on everybody the whole like most of the time the pit was just like two dudes like headbanging kind of pushing people and every yeah. now and again maybe six more people got in and it was it was a really tiny pathetic pit um also the faceless were low energy too like michael Keane looked like he was sleeping um their singer looked stoned as fuck tired um their drummer i found out was brand new and never played with them until that show um oh wow that was his first show with them huh yeah but um yeah yeah they they uh what is it i got there early um and uh i actually got to see them sound check the song xeno christ and that was the first time their drummer had ever played with them so um, yeah, how was, was he though? Was he like? Did he he was good. He was very good? good. You know, I, I noticed he was it was a little, was a little rough, but seeing as he had never played with them before, I totally understood it. My dog is humping Ryan. <laughs> Sugar does that to everybody that comes in this house. <laughs> like I'm like, it's like an initi- It's like a initiation. You have to come in here and get humped by the. You got to get humped by the Doge. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, and then like you know, uh, the, the only one who really seemed like he was 100% on point and like he was into it was like the other guitarist. I think his name's Justin. And um, yeah, like what is it? Halfway through the set, like something goes wrong with like the tech. So Michael Keane starts having like a shit fit on stage. And I'm just like watching this. And I, and I go up to a friend of mine who actually knows people who know him personally because my friend has toured with like sign bands and everything. And I was Who's like, this? Um, is this? Do I know them? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I've never brought him up before. But like, I was like, I walk up to him like, is this supposed to be happening? Is is it me or is this set kind of suck? He's like, oh, it sucks. He's like, it's not a good set. And I'm just like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I don't know why Michael Keane is freaking out right now. It's like he should just like play through it and stop having a tantrum. And like he was even like yelling on the mic like, what the fuck? I can't hear myself. And like, you know, like during this, like the set, during the songs. And I'm just kind of like watching this. I'm like, this feels really like amateur and mediocre and then they only played six songs 
And I actually, I talked to the whole band after, like, you know, I was just, I walk like, you know, Michael's like talking to the audience and I was like, Hey man, like, uh, why is such a short set? And then he tells me, Oh yeah, we just flew the drummer in. So he's like brand new. We didn't basically want to risk it. And it was the first show of the tour. Yeah. And the, and the tour is like, I think only about so 10 shows. So it kicked shows. off here at the Kicked Phoenix? off here in Petaluma. Wow. Really, really shitty kickoff in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're uh, probably going to be like, all right, last show, you know, Great, but you should have seen our first show, man. It sucked balls. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was not a good show. I was I was disappointed. But I hung out with the band afterwards. I talked to them. Um, I actually ended up helping the drummer take down his set, and he was really thankful for that. And like he was like, you know, he felt really really bad. He was like, oh man, I felt like I did shitty and this and that. And I was really nervous, and I was like, don't worry about it, dude. I'm like, you've never played with them before. I'm like, considering you've never played with them in person that was pretty fucking great and then i helped yeah. him take a set he was really thankful so i'm you know i'm glad i made him feel better but uh yeah um kind of a disappointing show i i had fun they played the first three songs off autotheism and i really really liked that that whole movement but like overall the show was kind of bad in my opinion well let's talk about a good show yeah we we saw uh what well, you want to talk about uh, uh actually i want to get up. into yeah, yeah. uh let's uh let's talk about metallica man because yeah. this was like something that just came out of nowhere like on both of us like a few weeks ago um i don't know much of the story as far as the tickets go we got free tickets but why don't you kind of get a little bit well, yeah basically really our, our good buddy nick lensher um from the comic book shop he uh he hits me up like a comics for the win comics for the win uh he hits me up a couple hours before the whole show was supposed to start and i think the show went from like six to like whenever metallica ended like 11 and um he just hits me up on Facebook. Hey, I have two tickets for Metallica. You want to go? So the first thing I say, all right, how much? He's like, oh, no, the free. Don't worry about it. I'm like, fucking yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I want to go. Whose dick do I have to suck? Like, yes. Like, okay, fuck it. I'm like, all right. And so like, I, I was like thinking to myself, okay, who? I'm like, I immediately called you. And I was like, do you want to go? You're like, I don't know. I, I got to see if I can get off work. And I was just like, all right. Yeah, because you called me at work and I was, um, I'm still working and I was mid-shift closing. And then basically you're like, dude. I got tickets to Metallica tonight, like right fucking now. You want to go? And like all of a sudden my, my brain exploded. I was just like, oh shit. Like this is just so last minute. But it's yeah. not like you said, hey man, uh, you know, yada yada is playing tonight, like some like local band or whatever, right? But this is fucking Metallica. I've never seen them live at all. They're buying. It's really hard to get tickets. Yeah, to exactly. See them. They, uh, these days they really don't play as much as they used to. And uh, since we live in the Bay Area, it's like their hometown. They play at AT&T um, yeah. Park a lot too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we both down. We get both down to the show, and uh, it was kind of a, it was a benefit show for the the local fires that happened here about last month. Um, and the cool thing about it is, was I believe a lot of the bands did it for free. Really? Yeah, I heard. But I heard they pulled over probably two, three million dollars, maybe more, for the show. Yeah. Uh, which is good because it went all into donations because, you know, everyone that lost their home and it was just a big, big tragedy around here. So um, so we got to the show and uh, we from outside, we didn't get into the stadium yet, but we, uh, uh, Dave Matthews was playing. Yeah, when we parked. I could hear his yeah. voice. I'm like, oh, it's fucking Dave Matthews. I know who that fucking guy is. Uh, so we sat down. It was packed like fuck. And like the seats we had were not even that bad because I thought we were going to be up in the nosebleed section. Yeah. But we really kind of were not too close, but we had good ground. Close. We were kind of near. Uh, we were near the. Uh, God, I gotta. So like, we were kind of near right field towards the front. Um, not in the back, back, back of right field. We're kind of like in the center of like the right field area towards the front. Yeah. Uh, so there was still a hole. Basically, the whole diamond, uh, the baseball diamond, was its own like in general admission. But uh, yeah, you know, we were we were close considering. Considering yeah, no, that we it's got better than what tickets. I thought we were yeah, going to get. No, yeah. Um, my friend was in the fucking front, bastard. Who was that? Uh, my friend Tom, the guy you met at Periphery. Oh, he was, he in, was the in the front. front. He was in the pit, bastard. Ah, uh, crazy. Um, so <laughs> we, uh, I actually thought Metallica was going to go on next, but then there was this band that came on, was called uh, Dead Incorporated. Dead and Company. Dead and Company. Yeah. And what they are is basically, it's Grateful Dead, uh, minus Jerry Garcia, who passed away years ago. And uh, they had, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, who, who was playing guitar for them? John Mayer. John Mayer, that's yeah. right. I was going to say Bill Mayer for some reason. but <laughs> Yeah, Bill Maher was just like, hey, everyone, it's yeah, pretty yeah. goofy, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, no, but he, uh, he was playing guitar with them, and they pretty much jammed. It was, there was some vocals, but it was like a big jam session that was like probably went for like 40 minutes. It was basically just a 40, 45-minute jam. 
Yeah. So yeah. I didn't know if it was like that was all a bunch of songs morphed into one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I thought it was okay for what it was as far as like a jam, you know, and I'm not like a big Grateful Dead fan, but or I don't listen to John Mayer all. fan, but uh. it was kind of cool. And then, um, then the fucking, uh, the big band came on the main uh, event. fucking the main event, you know, uh, Metallica, uh, came on stage. And for me, I, uh, I've always said this, you know, I don't really have a bucket list yet, but if I was going to write a bucket list, going to see Metallica would be one of them. Oh, be- I completely agree. And completely agree. yeah. And it was, uh, one of those things I said, Hey man, you know, it's, I would rather die and see Metallica, you know, because I mean, for high school, I, I, I listened to Metallica. I was more into like Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning. I wasn't really into their new shit, but a lot of my friends Most who said, aren't. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my friends who went and uh, see Metallica, they just kept on saying a lot of good stories like, oh, man, they're fucking great live. They're good live. They're fucking solid. And so when they came on stage and started playing, I mean, it was like surreal. It was fucking yeah. surreal, dude. It was like the band, especially for you growing up, they got me into metal. Yeah, so Metallica's what was it like seeing them on stage for you, like uh, experiencing these songs that you fucking grew up on and listened to live? Because like I said, for me, it was really surreal. And um, they mostly play like a lot of their hit shit. They didn't really play anything new. They played one new song off the new album. Yeah. One. Good, because I don't yeah. like the new album. I, I skimmed through it. I, I didn't like it. But, yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was, well, you know, when I was eight years old, you know, um, I used to um, visit my dad every weekend, uh, and he lived in San Jose, so he'd pick me up from my mom's, and we'd drive there, and that was like an hour and ten minute drive from uh, American Canyon to San Jose, and we'd listen to 92 KSJO, which back then was like a rock metal station. Now it's bought out by something else, but um, yeah, uh, you know, that's where I found, that's where I first heard Metallica, was on that station. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was about eight years old, and like, you know, I heard Metallica on there, Ozzy, Mudvayne, like, you know... All sorts of shit that I got into. And, like, Metallica was the fucking main band. They always played Master of Puppets, like, on the radio, of course, because it's, like, their biggest hit. And so, you know, and then as I get older, I start actually listening to their CDs. And I'm like, holy fuck, like, I'm so inspired. I want to start playing guitar. You know, there was a few things that inspired me to play guitar, but Metallica was one of them. And so it's just, like, to get to see your inspiration, the band that changed your life, essentially, that's a surreal experience. Because, you know, I always said to myself, like, when am I going to have money to get tickets for a Metallica show because they're, they're really expensive They're expensive and they sell out really quick my friend one time he saw Metallica back when they released Death Magnetic and his dad was up till four in the morning because that's when the tickets went on sale he got the tickets and the tickets uh were sold out within an hour yeah an hour dude like fuck that's crazy well, because they don't play that much so it's yeah. kind of like it's a very rare thing you know it's they don't like do a world tour like they used to do back in the 80s and the 90s it's like they're more just kind of laid back musicians now and it's fucking Metallica. So like no matter, we can play five shows a year and we'll sell them all out. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. So, um, I really like the fact that, uh, you know, James Hetfield seemed like he was really into the whole fucking thing. Like he, as his presence as a singer is just, it's, it's fucking magnificent, you know? Cause I don't, I wouldn't say like he's the best singer, but you know, um, he's he's a good stage front man, you know, definitely. Um, Kurt Hammett was still fucking amazing on guitar as always. Uh, that motherfucker shreds, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's growing fucking gray hair. He actually has gray hair now. He finally gray. has gray hair. He's had black hair forever. It's, yeah, it's finally no, it's all gray. Curly gray. Uh, Robert Trillio, I think is his Trujillo. Trujillo. Trujillo, yeah. yeah. He is a, a great bass player. I actually used to listen to a lot of Suicidal Tendencies and he was a bass player for Suicidal Tendencies, and then he did some other side bands like uh, Infectious Grooves and whatnot. Then he was a bass player for Ozzy, and then he joined Metallica. But um, he's great. He's just wild. You know, he's well, he's a- funky, and you know, it's like he really like you know he like he he just knows how to make the bass work with the band. Yeah, because a lot of bassists, you know, I've <clears throat> being a musician, I've played with a lot of kind of I would say mediocre bassists where they basically just they're basically playing guitar but bass. Yeah, you know, they don't really like. They don't play what the bass needs to be, and the bass is supposed to usually follow the drums. And so, like, like you know, he like he's funky. He usually follows um, Lars a lot of the time, um, and he just like he just knows how to make it groove. He knows how to make the bass groove and just work. 
and like I don't know I, I I'm getting yeah I don't know I just like when I when I've seen live stuff live videos of him playing I just feel like he adds a lot to the band versus when they had Jason not to diss on Jason but like uh, Newstead not Peterson but, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, like better not be fucking dissing <laughs> no no him, I'm not talking about you but uh, no yeah like I just I, I think he was a great addition to the band like you know he still has some like youth to the way he acts and the way he kind of um, uh, his persona like Rob Trujillo doesn't look like a tired old man he looks like kind of just like a cool like well he's like, like probably the youngest he's, he I think like he's like the youngest guy of all yeah. of them for sure um, and then there's fucking Lars Ulrich man um, I'm not gonna diss on Lars Ulrich because you know I, I know he's sort of a fucking you know I don't know he's very uh, narcissistic you know he, he thinks like the world revolves around him and shit and uh, I can say right now though he doesn't play as good as he used to yeah, he was he, missing a lot of fuck. He was off a couple times. If you yeah, noticed, I it did. didn't sound right. And uh, I'm like, wow, like, why don't you guys just retire him? Why does he just quit? Get a better fucking drummer who can hit shit, uh, shit solid, man. He's, like, I think the only reason they would get a different drummer is if he died. I don't ever think they're gonna get rid of anyone. Yeah, um, I mean, I think probably also he's like the businessman of Metallica. Is he? And, he pretty much is. He makes a lot of the shots and everything. I mean, if you see, um, you remember seeing the movie called Some Kind of Monster? Oh, that documentary. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that. In my opinion, that did not. That documentary did not paint a, a pretty picture of Metallica. No, uh, it was it was ridiculous. They're the all way, angry and yeah. old, and like no one gets along, and just I just I remember all tired. They're like, oh, yeah. I remember, and they were in their forties <laughs> back then. I know, they were in their I know. 50s and now. they had some fucking counselor. And I remember really quickly a scene in that movie. Um, where uh, Laura Zolrich is, they're having some kind of meeting. He's like, I just woke up this morning and all I could think about was the word fuck. And it just kept replaying in my head. And he's just, he's wa- like walking around the table with the guys and he's like, fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Like he just kept on screaming it. It was funny. But, anyways, um, I had a fun time at the show and I was so excited to see him. I, mean, I was pounding on your fucking back when fucking, you know, Master of Puppets is playing. I know. Like, all you fucking beats. hit me hella hard. So I was like, fuck off. <laughs> no, because I was so fucking, I was so into it, dude. I was so stoked and it was amazing. And I kept telling you, dude, like, we're fucking seeing Metallica. It's fucking yeah. Metallica, dude. Holy shit. They're fucking playing From Whom the Bells Tolls and, uh, you know, Enter Sam and everything. It was, it was yeah, they good. They played one, dude. They, they played, played fucking, one. That was great. That was great to see that. I'm yeah, so glad they a, played one. It was a good show, and like you know, I, I definitely, um, I'm definitely was very satisfied by the experience. Yeah, I'd love to see him again, but right now for us, I mean, especially well, good it's, luck. <laughs> I know, unless I'm gonna fucking rob a bank and like murder four or five hundred dollars together to yeah get like a nosebleed seat. No, so um, the last show that we saw together, actually the last band that we're gonna talk about here before we get into the meat and bones of Punisher, is uh, we have talked about a band uh, a few times here on the show called um, Periphery. Periphery is a band. Where actually are they based from? They're based from the East Coast. Okay. Uh, they're kind of from all over uh, the East Coast. So I, don't, members, I, I yeah. can't say exactly where in the East Coast I would say they're from, but just the East and Coast. And how long have they been a band? Uh, let's see. Misha, I think it was started, I think, in 2010 or 11 is when they actually got their first album out. Um, but Misha Mansour has been playing music on YouTube, and he wrote basically the first couple songs, the first couple albums for Periphery long before Periphery was banned. And he used to just play them online and like throw throw up YouTube videos of him jamming. And he used to like what is it on that on that site SoundClick? He would just throw up fucking things of him playing. Uh, and he basically, you know, he has old there's old demos out there actually of the of the song Absalom, and it's just like uh, it's drums that he programmed, guitar, bass, yeah. it's all him. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, they're, they're, I think they're one of the greatest bands of all time. And I say that not as just a fan, but I think that they're, they're all self-sufficient. They all know how to mix and master and record all on their own. Um, yeah, I was watching some documentary that you showed me on YouTube. It was the making of, uh, Periphery 3. Yeah, Remain Indoors. And then pretty much, I think the only thing they did maybe in a studio was Matt Helpern's drum tracks. Unless they did it at his place, and then they, they did the rest of the album at Misha's place. So, yeah, what they did is they recorded uh, guitars and bass over at Misha's. Spencer did the vocals at his place yeah. on his own. And then they did the drums in England. In oh, like a nice. really famous like studio. Uh, folks, watch the documentary Remain Indoors if you want to know more info, because it's, it's very, very good. It's very inspiring, too. Um, yeah, but they're all, they're all self-sufficient. They can do everything themselves. Nolly, the bassist, mixes everything. And it's just like I, I look at I look at them. I'm like, that's how like every band should be, you know. 
completely yeah. self-efficient. You know, you don't rely, you don't have to rely on a studio or fucking other people to like record or mix your music. You do it all yeah. yourself. Yeah, it's good that they're signed because you know they you get more distribution when you're signed and whatnot. But like theoretically speaking, they don't need to be signed. No, I mean, I mean, it's it's good it's good to be signed. Um, but you know, theoretically speaking, they don't need to be. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that also um, they as a as a band, they're just solid. And yeah. it's a style of music which actually I didn't really know about it until I met you. It's called Degent. Gent. Gents. Yeah. Like I was like, Degent, Degent. Um, <laughs> but the show was amazing. This is the second time I've seen them. Same I think here. it's yeah, the same um, And uh, it wasn't just Periphery. Uh, there was a band on the bill called Animals as Leaders. And that is pretty much one of my favorite bands as well right now. It was like, it was like two. Two things in one. It was like it, it was just fucking dope. You got your That's jazz gent and you got your more mainstream gent, and it was it was fantastic. Animals as leaders, they're, no, they I'm sorry, they're feel, fucking good. They make me feel so incompetent as a musician. Like I, I remember talking to uh, my friend Jesse uh, afterwards, uh, and he he was just like, "Well, I am done. I'm gonna sell my drums and <laughs> I'm gonna." Sell my computer. I'm gonna get a hide in and a I'm hole. gonna move to Iceland and just hide because <laughs> he's like, I'm just done. And like, yeah. you, Jason, you were just like, yeah, we all suck. And yeah, I'm we like, all suck as yep, musicians. We're dude. all terrible. I look musicians. at myself, I'm like, dude, I suck as a drummer. Look at this fucking shit, dude. But like, um, Tosin Abasi as a guitarist too. He's fuck. He's like, fuck. He is amazing. He, I think he's probably the probably. I'm a, yeah, I think he's the greatest guitarist of our time right now. Really? Yeah. Because he's created new ways of playing guitar. Not only that, he plays it like a fucking bass. And he, like, makes whole songs out of that. Some guitarists do that as a gimmick. They'll just, like, kind of do a bass line on guitar. But he may, he he has entire songs that are based off that. And it's, like, that's amazing. Yeah. See, um, people like that, like you were saying before, like, And you know who helped shit. him start Animals as Leaders? Misha Mansoor. Really? Yep. They wrote the first album together. And the, and the drums on that album are just uh, their uh, superior drummer. So it was like a big friend like tour, dude, if yeah. you think about it. And those two bands, like, I mean, from the gent sound, I really love Periphery and Animals as Leaders. And we got to see them both in one night. And for me, I mean, I saw Periphery with you last time, and I, I really enjoyed it. And they were just as amazing as the first time. But I think I was a little bit more stoked by Animals as Leaders because... To me, though, it seemed like everyone was just so fucking into the thing. And it was like, no, people were just standing. Everyone was just like fucking. There's people like people fucking were moshing, moshing to it. To I, mosh, it. I, mosh, I moshed to them too, yeah. Yeah, you were moshing. What was the song that you just straight up went moshing uh, to? They started playing Tooth and Claw. And I what just looked at Jesse. I'm like, we got to go. And physical education. And then phys ed. Yeah, I moshed to physical education as well. Yeah, but uh, I had a good time at the show. It was really packed, dude. I was really like amazed and like uh, surprised how many people were at that show. Because I don't know, I didn't think Periphery and Animals as Leaders was that there were th- really that big, but there was a lot. There was a bunch of well, people that's there. A, from that's all a genres. pretty solid lineup too. Um, and then the you know I want to talk about the first band real quick, Asteroid. They were cool. Yeah, kind of ambient, like you know, kind of uh, they had kind of like a Death Heaven feel, but not black metal at all. Just kind yeah. of the way the drums and the music sounded. Yeah. Um, they were really good. Uh, yeah. I, it's too bad we sh- showed up a little late, but um, yeah. Yeah, you were kind of being a little bit of a reckless road rager. Driving well, there. dude, it's fucking Saturday, and the traffic's bumper to bumper, and I'm like, what the fuck? And so, yeah, I had a little road rage. I'm not yeah. gonna fucking. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Well, because I wouldn't want to miss animals, especially periphery. Yeah, so. I was just worried that we were gonna miss animals. I'm like, I don't want to miss them because they're great. Um, and we was did. that your first time? No, actually, your second time. I them? yeah, I saw them for a minute a couple of years ago, but I didn't watch. I didn't stay for the whole set. I didn't know them at the time, and the people who I were with uh, wanted to take off, so we took off. Um, same place, though. I saw them at the Regency, but nice. it was nice to actually, like, act, you know, see them this time, and, you know, I'm more familiar with their music, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was, it was a... I always say that I think it's really important for um, people to go to shows, no matter what genre it is, because, like, you know, the studio can make anything sound amazing, but when you actually see that shit live, you know, you, you don't take it for granted, you know? You appreciate it more. And seeing animals play, you know, the fucking complicated, intricate music that they play live was, was yeah. a very, very surreal experience. Yeah, folks, if uh, you haven't heard of Periphery or Animals as Leaders, uh, us as metalheads and musicians, we highly encourage you to listen to both those bands. Because, like Anthony said, Periphery right now is probably one of the most genuine bands out there right now. They're yeah. not... 
super hardcore with screamy shit all over the place and fucking hardcore dancing. This band literally knows how to write songs and it's it's for it's for everybody, you know? Well, you listen to their new album and it's like, there's like five or six different genres. They play gent, they play more kind of metalcore. They have some songs that are like hard rock. Like yeah. The fucking, like the song, uh, like the chorus in fucking The Way the News Goes. It's a blasty chorus that's melodic with like yeah. singing and melodies and like, holy, it's... It's like what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and um, especially the other bands we mentioned, uh, the Faceless, and obviously Metallica. You, uh, who does not know Metallica, dude? Yeah. If you don't know Metallica, is you've been you're buried in the a fucking ground listening to this podcast. Yeah, you're too young. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So we encourage everyone who listens to our show to to go out and support bands. I mean, especially you know, I haven't been to that many shows lately. And now I feel like I have been, and it's fucking dope. Yeah, we got to see a lot of shows this year. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned in our one of our earlier episodes that I got to see Slayer and Behemoth yeah. and God and all that. And, you know, uh, Gorgira. Oh, you saw Gorgira? Yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention. I went to Aftershock. That was another thing where it was last minute. Someone hit me up. You want to come see Aftershock? And so me and my friend Jesse, we only went for the first day because I had to work the next day and I also didn't care. But yeah, I mainly was there to see Gojira, and that was cool because nice. I've been getting into Gojira a lot lately. Um, if you had to, um, really quickly before we get into Punisher, uh, say something like, I prefer someone to listen to this album like from Periphery. What album would you actually have them start out with? Per- with from Periphery? Yeah. Uh, the new one, P3. P3, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not as like, uh, it's not as one note. And what I mean is like the first two albums are just mostly just gent. Uh, the, the double album Juggernaut, that's a really good album, but it's also a lot of music to listen to. So if you're someone who's not used to the band, I would recommend just starting out with P3 first. And then get into the rest of it as if you end up liking it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's wind, let's get rewind down a bit. Let's talk about uh, some fucking punishing, dude. Let's talk about some skull fucking, not skull fucking in general, skull fucking wearing motherfucker who loves to shoot fucking bad guys. And by the way, this episode is sponsored by uh, Castle's uh, Contraceptives. Punish your feels. <laughs> So, uh, Punisher is now out on Netflix, 13-episode show. If you guys don't know who the Punisher is, he was a character owned by Marvel. He actually is owned by Marvel Studios. Um, premiered back in Amazing Spider-Man, I think sometime in the 70s. So, yeah. he, was, he, was a, he was kind of funny looking back then. He had, like, white go-go boots and, uh, you know. So, um, I was never a big Punisher fan from the beginning, Uh it was recently until like later on, like probably in the nineties, where I started getting more into the character and starting like you know Punisher Warzone. That was a really cool series to start off with. And the thing about Punisher that like you know is different from Batman is the fact that he's you know he's just a normal guy. Besides Batman, though, this guy literally just fucking blows. Well, this is away. like if Batman killed people, basically. Yeah. Um, Who has no remorse for anything? But he's not a ninja, really. I wouldn't call Frank Castle a ninja, but he's got training. He's he's special forces and whatnot, and he's he's uh, he's not your average soldier. Basically, it's like, well, uh, were you have you been a Punisher fan before this show came out? Well, I liked the old movie with Thomas Jane. Is that his name? Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thomas Jane. Uh, you know, Thomas Jane. That John Travolta. I never saw Warzone, um, but um, I saw Warzone. I heard it was bad. It's more brutal than the Thomas Jane one. I heard it it's feels, more Punisher. It's more Punisher. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I mean, there was three Punisher films before this Netflix series. So yeah, the Dolph Lundgren the one. Dolph Lundgren one, yeah. which is a very underground uh, Marvel movie. Marvel didn't... Their beginning movies were horrible. They had a Did you cap- see the Nick Fury one? No. With uh, David Hasselhoff no, and Nick Fury? No, I didn't. Oh, it was so stupid. It was yeah. kind of cool. fun, though. But it was, it was uh, like, yeah, I, I have dumb. to check that out sometime. You know, they had a Cap America movie. They had a Fantastic Four movie. Anyways, the Punisher movie itself, it was garbage. Uh, it was pretty much... I uh, mean, Dolph Lundgren, the first Dolph, one. Okay. I mean, he didn't even wear the uh, classic skull shirt. He didn't even have that in the movie the entire oh, wow. time. So it was pretty much this guy with a long trench coat who lived in the sewers who was fucking blowing bad guys away, right? He lived in the sewers, all right. Yeah, he lived in the sewers, which is fucking weird. Um, but back to uh, The Punisher that's on Netflix. Uh, this was a character I was looking forward to for quite a while, having his own show. And uh, we did finally get to see him cameo in Daredevil Season 2. And uh, when he came on... We were all surprised because not only was this a character I was dying to see on the show, it was uh, John Berthenel. Uh, did I say his last name right? Berthenel? 
Ber- Ber- it's Bernthal. Bernthal. But that's where, that's where I made the first fetus joke, Bernthal. I was like, yeah, yeah burn your fetus. Ber- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, from <laughs> The Walking Dead, he played Shane. Um, you know, can't save him, Rick. Uh, anyways, he, uh, right off the bat, dude, that guy's fucking, he was, he was a good choice. Well, he knows how to play an extreme character. Uh, he's very, very, very good at it. But he gave the character life, too. To me, you know, <clears throat> his friend Castle wasn't just, like, brutal and edgy. Like, he also had, like, depth to him, and, like, there was a whole another side of him, like, you know, the side that missed his family, and, like, you know, you even see him, you know, kind of, like, fall apart in, I think, the early episodes of Daredevil and this as well. So he's not just a one-note rage guy who just kills people. Um, no, this show, it was, uh, to me, I was really surprised that this show was as good as it was because I I said it during our Defenders episode that I didn't like the only shows that I really, really liked were like Daredevil and like the first half of Luke Cage, like the first half of the first season because I was incredibly disappointed by the Defenders, as I mentioned Oh, we before. mentioned before I was, that show is fucking I was very, horrible. very upset about that. And so when I found out the Punisher was coming on, I'm like, all right, this is a brutal character. This is someone who brutally murders people. How are they going to do this? Are they going to try to make this lighthearted? How is it going to be? And the show, fuck, man. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't show tits and say the F word because it was fucking bloody. This show was so brutal. You see people get their faces blown off with shotguns. The sex scenes were pretty graphic, save for yeah. the nudity. I was like, this show should just be rated R. Like, uh, But, you know, kids and Marvel, so I guess you got to make it a hard PG-13. But it was a... I was really... It was really brutal. It was really, like, it exceeded but that's, my expectations. It needed that. It needed that because we're talking about The Punisher. This guy literally has, like... I was saying earlier, he has no remorse. He he blows away fucking bad guys. And if they made it more kid friendly, I mean, to me, right, well, you were saying that before. The Punisher to me is not a kid friendly. Uh, uh, I don't want to say he's a superhero, but yeah. you know, as a more character, anti-hero. yeah, antihero. He's not kid friendly. I mean, you don't put your kids. Hey, check out Green Lantern, and all of a sudden, I'm nowhere. Uh, show the Punisher. It's 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 like completely two different worlds. So, uh, I mean, I. Like I said, I got into Punisher in the '90s and everything, but the show in general kept that 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 mentality of all the violence, you know. And it was great. It was really great. I mean, I also think that Frank Castle, um, the character that he has been portraying in this fucking show, he did a really good job, amazing job. He was very quiet, you know. He was very. He was like a ticking time bomb if you think so, because, you know, he had, like, his calm, collective self, you know, the fact that when you saw him, he was, like, a married man before he lost his family. It was just more along the lines of, like, he didn't have all this rage inside him, even though he was a soldier in Afghanistan. But um, as soon as the his family got murdered, it's just the light switch went from white to black, and everything was just straight up, like, murder, murder, kill, 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 and... um I really did like the beginning of the show. I really did like the fact that we, it, it kind of kicks off a little after Daredevil season two uh, with his character. Um, he goes in seclusion basically, and uh, he's working at a construction site, um, just pounding away at a wall. That's the first the first thing you yeah, see. Yeah, he's supposed to be knocking down walls for this building and whatnot. Right? Yeah, with, the, with yeah. this is sledgehammer. That's all he's doing all day, and basically why he's doing that in a way is he's taking all his frustration out, all his anger out on this wall. And besides killing people, this is exactly another way of doing it. So, like, you know, he pretty much killed, pretty much at the very beginning of it, before that, he uh, kills the rest of the people that were involved in his uh, family's death. Yeah. Right. And they do it really quickly. Like, he kills some guy in the fucking, in the bathroom and, you know, afterwards. run over those two, like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then he takes the the vest and he burns it because he's like, all right, I'm done. I needed to do what I needed to do. And then he goes into seclusion and becomes this, like, you know, guy who works in a fucking, uh, yeah, it's a construction place. So um, then these guys who work in the construction place, all of a sudden, everything with this shit is spoilers. So if you haven't seen the fucking show, go watch the show, come back and listen to our show, and then you'll get our thoughts and opinions on it. But anyways, um, he roughhouses some dudes there. He, I think he kills like pretty much. You no, know, he kills all three of well, them. Well, you know, towards the, at the end of the episode, yeah, we don't want to spoil too much, but basically, I don't want to spoil the first episode too much because I really like it. But like, yeah, he basically he kills all those thugs at the end with a fucking hammer and like, yeah, it was it was brutal. Um, but yeah, you know, you see the whole episode. He's trying to like you know not hurt anyone. He's trying to like leave his old life behind. But then eventually, you know, some kids in need, and so he fucking just takes these guys out. Yeah, and he fucking <laughs> smashes. And the funny, the crazy thing about that was. 
not only did he kill those guys, but he went back to where the money was from uh, the people that they stole the money from and killed all those well, motherfuckers. killed all those gangsters so they wouldn't go after that kid. So that was like, wow. That was, I would want a friend like that. <laughs> I know, right? Hey, I got in some trouble. You mind killing all those guys for me? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, no, you know, like, I, I'll admit the show got a little slow for me, like, a little slow, in like, the in the middle. middle. Yeah. You know, and then once he, like, when he tries to kill Rollins later, um, when he tries to shoot through the window and then you find out the window's bulletproof, that's when the show started to pick up. One um, batch, two batch. One batch, two batch. I need a dime. Um, but yeah, it was, it was you know, I, I liked the themes of it. You know, I, I was surprised they, t- they got a little into gun control. I was just kind of like, yeah. yeah, you went there. I was like, that's interesting. And like, yeah, it, they did. In my opinion, the show, I can tell, was leaning more towards the attitude where it's like we should be a little more lenient on it. But there were, like the senator and it also had some pretty valid points when he was just like, hey, you know, I think guns should be completely illegalized. And, and he wasn't just like stock two-dimensional like liberal. Like It's like, you know, he actually had some valid points. So I'm glad the show didn't seem like it was being too biased in that regard. Um I thought that Madani, I, I felt like the actress who played her, first of all, I think she did an excellent job. Um, yeah, she actually was a lot more, as a female character in the Marvel series, uh, for the Netflix series, I actually like her character a lot. Better than, um, you know... Uh, the TV show? The TV show, yeah. the um, uh, Rosario Dawson's character, Claire. Oh, well, I'm yeah, I'm really happy they didn't try to shoehorn Claire into this. Yeah, this was the first uh, Marvel show on Netflix that they don't have her at all. I know. And that was good because she was too overutilized in the other series. But I felt like she they could have gotten a little more of a masculine actress to play her. Not to say, like, once again, I think the woman who played D- uh, Madani in this did an excellent job. She gave her best performance, and I was convinced. But I'm like, they could have gotten someone a little more butch because like, I felt like, you know, this actress Well, she was, a, like, a pretty, like, like, you know... Yeah. Like, She's working for the Homeland Security, and they needed someone for uh, Jigsaw to fuck. <laughs> Basically, well, like yeah, I felt like she was like a little too pretty, and like she seemed a little too dainty. Like she didn't seem like someone who would have this type of job. Yeah, but she, like I said, she gave a good performance. But you notice that in movies though, they always have some really attractive woman who works for the FBI or yeah. something like that. They someone have to have like some too attractive. eye candy. So I'm sure you'd rather want something like that than well, have a butchy looking girl. Did you ever watch Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, I did. Remember Stahl, the uh, ATF agent, the kind of older chick. Yeah, yeah, she was like, she was like older and kind of had a butch attitude. But she, you can also see her like maybe fucking jacks or fucking play. <laughs> like, no, she had the perfect amount of uh, femininity, but she also was masculine when she needed to. But I felt like this actress was a little too. Like I said, she was a little too feminine and dainty, and she was too pretty, but that's a nitpick. I'm not saying that that ruins anything for me, because I still think she was convincing, and once again, I've said it a million times already, she did an excellent job. Um, Yeah, uh, I don't really have a lot of negative things to say about this show, to be honest. Neither do I. I I thought it was a fantastic show. Um, I, I was really surprised that Netflix took it there. Because I was, I didn't. Once again, I didn't think they were going to go so brutal or so dark and like. But they have to. With this, it was with everything this short of being rated R. Yeah, and it was it was really really good, and I um, I would highly recommend it. Uh, I'm not ending my review now. I'm just saying. I, was gonna like, say, I yeah. have nothing. I got nothing else to say, say about the blood and everything, like, and the bullets can, and all them fucking bodies. I have a couple little nitpicks. I feel like we'll the, get to the nitpicks in yeah, a sec. Okay, but but really, besides my nitpicks, I I loved this show. I think really quickly before I actually start talking a little bit more about what I thought about it, I I think it's the best Netflix uh, Marvel show. I completely agree. I think, uh, I mean, I love Daredevil, seasons one and two, but this one to me felt more close to home. It felt just more... It felt closer to home? Yeah. Did, it's, your, did your family get killed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> By like a cl- <laughs> No, I meant closer to home as far as like, uh, you know, real life, like how, like, it's not... Okay. It felt uh, more realistic. More realistic. Like, yeah. Yeah. Close to home where, you know, I live in a neighborhood where people just get blown away yeah, all the time. Yeah, by, by a dude with a skull t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I did, uh, I did like, uh, uh, Microchip or Micro. Lieberman. I really liked, he was kind of a little bit nutty, but, um, his character was supposed to be the comedic. Like, there is some comedy in this show besides it being all bloody. And it's funny, too, because one of my favorite parts in, my funniest parts in the whole show is where they're driving to Gunner's place. 
and uh, he's having the discussion with them about Cerberus and about you know it was like this hound that guards the gates of hell and shit because it was the Cerberus yeah Cerberus that was the name of the pro, uh, mission that they were on and back in Afghanistan. So they're driving it. He's mixing some food or something because you know Frank or AKA Punisher is driving, and then he gives him something. It looks like a meal ready to eat or something. And then he pulls he pulls out this huge fucking sandwich, and like Punisher looks at him and goes, "Where'd you get that?" And he goes. I made it. He's like, what do you mean you made it? He's like, I made it. He's like, with what? There's a bunch of stuff in the in the in the fridge. And he just was like, Did you make me one? No. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, and yeah, and like that was that was the thing too. None of the comedy felt too out of place because a lot of times like you'll you'll get shows or movies that are really dark and whatnot, and then they'll just they'll throw comedy in it and it's really weird. Like in Daredevil season one, uh, Foggy, he was awful. He was not funny at all, and the comedy did not work for me at all. And um, I thought it it fell completely flat in season one. Uh, this is Foggy's character, but yeah, you know, I I noticed they were trying to be a little funny with Lieberman, aka Microchip, but or just Micro. But I well, his name in the comic books is Microchip. Yeah, um, but they just cut it in short. So I'm, that's just Micro sounds me. better than Microchip sounds a little cheesy, a little goofy. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I noticed they were trying to be, you know, they tried to make him a comedy relief, but they didn't try too hard. It was more just kind of like he was just more of a an eccentric person and he was more i guess easygoing he wasn't as uptight and fucking like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna do something like fucking frank was because frank yeah. was all you know frank's this hard fucking brooding character and then lieberman was more kind of like erratic and just kind of like uh more uh green in the gills or not green in the gills that's a, that's a <laughs> <Okay>. shitty analogy <laughs> green in the gills means you're getting sick he's more green green being like he's more inexperienced with battle he can't and, stand seeing blood or yeah, anything. Yeah, he can't stand blood. Stuff like, like yeah, that. he's just he's not as uh hardened as um Frank is. So it's cool you get to watch him kind of go through all that. And uh yeah, what about that scene where he shows Frank his dick? Yeah. Hey, oh I'm hang, I'm hung. See, I, it was funny where Well, the funny thing is, is he had him going. naked on the chair when he was like uh getting question uh, answers out of him, yeah. but he saw him naked, but I'm just saying like I can show you right now he's going to pull his pants out. He's like, "No, no, I don't want to see that." Well, it was funny cuz that scene like to me it's just like he was like, "Do you miss sex?" and he was like, "Yeah, I miss sex." And I was like, "Where is this going?" He's like, <laughs> "You know, I'm really hung." I'm like, "Oh no." It was like I'm like, "Is Frank gay? Like where are they going with this?" And like I, I was just like, I, are they, "Is it going to be like a like a gay sex scene? What the hell is going on?" It was a little weird. It was a little out of place, but it was funny. Um and, he, and then he fucking Frank ends up punching him later. Probably <laughs> he, punching he, him in the he, face. he just bitch slapped him a bunch yeah. of times, you know. But that was the thing. There were just two characters who they were completely different. It was like it's like night and day, but basically they work together as a team. Micro chip, micro uh supplies him with uh intel. Because, uh, you know, like, regardless of him being experienced with war and battle, he's not, like, the smartest guy when it comes to, like, infiltrate as far as, like, knowing where everything is, you know, because Micro would kind of say, hey, you know, put him on a fucking, like, headset or have that little... um the, that drone. The, the drone. I really liked that. You know, it reminded me of, like, it's just, like, I'm never going to forget this term, the guy in the chair. He was the guy in the chair. Exactly. You know, like, that was, like, he was his tech guy, his oracle. And and I liked that, and it was like it was really well utilized, and um, you know he, no yeah, it's he was absolutely right. Like you know, um, uh, Lieberman's the brains, Frank's the brawn. Exactly, they, they were a good team. It was a really good team, and you know the thing is, is that so we have our main story in the show where um, we're trying to figure out. I think uh, Madonna's trying to figure out who killed her partner. Um, and well, uh, no, it was uh, Madonna's trying to figure out. She had an informant in Afghanistan. And then he got killed by the U.S. like military by the Cerberus program. And yeah, you know, he gets killed by Frank. You find out, but um, yeah, she was more just trying to find out who killed him and why. And then you know, it's it's kind of it had that noir feel of where like something basic happens, and then she yeah. uncovers a bigger conspiracy. It, t- it and- took her on like a deeper path, more yeah. than what she thought it was going to be. And uh, a lot of people that f- uh, thought Frank Castle was dead, they find out he's not. Um, we also see uh, Karen Page return. Uh, from Daredevil, I liked her so much better in this than yeah, Daredevil she was. season two. Like she, she was, was perfectly, she utilized. was good, and you can tell. I mean, you can tell. Was it just me or that there's a chemistry between them? Yeah, I don't like that. That's another thing I'm not really okay with. I'm just kind of like I really like. We really don't need you know him falling in love in this. It's like I, I didn't. I really didn't think we needed that. Um, I think they're just kind of experimenting with it. They're probably just going to see the feedback and see where it goes because you know Karen was initially with Daredevil. Um, well, they never really like hooked up. Yeah, they were they were never official and whatnot. I don't but, even like, think they know, kissed. No, they did. They made out in season two. Daredevil and Karen Page. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, I just remember that. He took scene. her out on that date and they made out and then she tried to fuck him, but he's like, nah. Oh, okay. I only seen <laughs> nah, uh, girl. season two uh, once, but um, <laughs> I don't just give it up after the first date. I think you're right, though. I think because you know he, he because he lost his family, that's that makes him more of a hardened fucking uh, you know person, and him like kind of going back to. I mean, even Lieberman's uh, micro's wife kissed him, and you can just tell like, he's like. Whoa. I mean, you can tell he misses the affection of a woman, but like he's yeah. not like. He's he's still he misses his wife. It's it was it's it's as if it was yesterday that she died. Yeah, you know, he's he still hasn't gotten he's very, over that. He's still he's committed to her. Yeah, you know, in a way. But you know, you can tell he's kind of like growing like a you know uh, fond, very fond of uh, Karen Page more romantically. You can tell yeah. they could do something. They almost with it. kissed in that elevator. The last scene yeah. they had together, where uh, they left, they uh, went separate ways, and I thought they were gonna kiss. I thought that was gonna happen. I'm glad and, they didn't. And like I said, I, I hope they don't make that a thing. Um, I'd yeah. rather Mandani and Castle hook up. I know that won't happen, but that's what yeah. I would rather happen. <laughs> I feel like they'd go together better, but that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. Well, while I was talking about the main story really quick, is the fact that um, what is cool about the show it does like a left turn. So where here we have our main story, and I like this a lot. About I've seen some movies that do this too, like uh, True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, is you have your main you have your main plot and then it like completely curves into another story, and this other story revolved around uh, Lewis, this kid named Lewis who was going to those um, you know PST uh, PT yeah those uh, yeah PTSD like kind of yeah like, and the, this actually if you therapy. think about it this show is highly focused on on that uh, well this show's theme subject. this show's theme is that soldiers go over there and they fight and their lives are changed because of the shit they do and see. And when they come back, they're not respected or even thanked for it. That's a huge theme for this, that they come home and that it's just like, no one appreciates what we did over there. Yeah. And I, I kind of liked that, you know, I feel, you know, maybe I feel that a vet, you know, who's maybe been through some shit would really maybe appreciate this show just for that theme. Not, not the whole murder you know, like the yeah. fucking not stuff like that, but like the group therapy sessions yeah. and all that. I think someone would really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, because uh, PTSD. A lot of people still uh, deal with that. A lot of soldiers, and it, it, that's the realism about this show is that we kind of get to see that side of like what it's like for these people who are suffering and going through this shit. Yeah. And for Lewis, it was really tough because he felt like he couldn't have another life. I mean, he felt like he uh, went into his backyard and made a foxhole. Yeah. And he was just acting really odd. So, you know, you had um, Curtis who was trying to help him. He was the guy that was the uh, per- head person of this group, and he was also he's also good friends with Frank. And uh, you know, it's just this kid is going down the spiral. And so, if you think about it, the show starts focusing on him and and the whole bombing things that he's doing. It kind of the main story kind of gets put back on the shelf. If you think about it, I mean, well, to me, no, it felt like so it did. Th- you're right, and. Here's the thing. I liked that stuff, but I feel like overall it didn't do anything for the show because it just leads to like a terrorist thing. And like you could say, oh, well, they just did it so Frank could do something so everyone can discover that he's back. But they could have executed that another way. I was taken aback by it because I was like, where are they going with this plot? Because it's interesting, but how is it going to tie in with Frank Castle's thing? And in my opinion, it's just kind of like, all right, so they make him a domestic terrorist and then he just kills himself. Yeah. It would have been interesting if maybe he killed Karen and then Frank has to deal yeah. with losing another person. Well, you can he cares see about. because when he was, uh, he held her and he was like, I'm going to blow this bomb. You can tell that he was really like, like, because there's those moments in the show, especially like when he's fighting and he just has that roid moment where he's. Oh, just, you're talking about Frank? Frank, where he just like screams all of us. Like, Rrr! it's like because it, that's that where he's. That fucking Wolverine, like, yeah, scream, that's where yeah. He, he's just. Because he's not trying to be uh, scared or fear of anything, and by doing that, it kind of just pumps him up, you know. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna fucking die. I don't give a fuck. I'm like, Roar! it's just. Yeah, he just goes full berserk, and yeah, yeah you he know, did like, a lot of. He did it quite a few times too. Yeah, I mean, I liked the Lewis stuff, but I feel like that was there just for filler. I feel it was. Like, you yeah. think about it, 13 episodes, right? Yeah. They had to. They had to do that in some way. Um, I'm not a huge fan of filler, but it. I still liked it, so I can't complain about it too much. But it, if. If I had to like, if they had a choice to make the show sort the show shorter and to cut all that out, then yes, I would just say cut out that subplot and just stick to the rest of the story. Also, so to get to a nitpick, I didn't like the super two dimensional like right wing nut job racist that like indoctrinates Lewis into being like a terrorist like that like 
that chubby guy. Oh, the chubby guy that said he was in Nam, but he wasn't. Yeah, like, I I felt like he was so, I wouldn't even say one-dimensional. Like, he was just like, I'm racist, and I'm a gun nut, and I'm a liar, and this and that. And I was just like, yeah, and you have no redeeming qualities and no character. And I really, I didn't like the way they wrote him at all. I was, that was like one thing about the show that really kind of fell flat for me. I was like, this is not working. Stop. <laughs> but like that, you know. Other than that, though, like you know, besides besides all that, like I have I have nothing wrong with it. You know? Yeah, I know. I mean, again. what did you think though? Uh, I mean, it was so cliche because I actually saw this coming uh, with uh, Billy, who's AKA Jigsaw. Yeah, you actually, find, you find, I had to look that up, but he's he's Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah, he pretty much is like Punisher's. I want to play. Like game. he's Punisher's like version of like Batman's Joker or something. Like he's is like he? the, he's the main villain to the Punisher, but um. What did you think of his character, this Billy? Because I I knew from like, I didn't read Punisher su- uh, too super much. Like I said, I like I read it in, I read it in the '90s and shit. But the thing is, like I didn't know much about like uh, Jigsaw. I knew who he was as far as like the villain that Punisher always fights. But um, you can just tell there was a moment like I called it too. I'm like he's gonna turn on him. He's gonna turn on him. And then I just noticed it. And like I called that. I called it the exact episode that I called that out. I was like, yeah, he did it. And uh, you know, did you play? Did you think he played a cool, captivating villain at all? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I actually called that he would be a villain because of the actor. Like, I saw you've seen Westworld, right? Yeah, is he, he in Westworld? He was in Westworld. He's yeah, actually yeah. Prin- he played uh, Prince he played, Caspian too. Yeah, he, is he? <laughs> Uh, in the second Chronicles of Narnia movie, he is Prince Caspian. <laughs> oh, that's great. I was almost going to call him uh, Prince Caspian the entire show, but I was like, eh, let's call him Jigsaw. Yeah, um, but no, he, he played Logan in um, that show Westworld. He was the, what I would, that character was also a little two-dimensional. He was much better in, in this. His character was more fleshed out, but I just knew he'd be a villain because I'm like, ah, they got that guy who, and you know, he's going to be in Punisher. I'm like, and then they were like, oh, we're best friends. I'm like. He's gonna be like a villain, isn't he? He's gonna be yeah, like the arch nemesis, and then, like you him. just said, Jake Saws is arch nemesis. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I kind of saw that coming, but uh, that's just because I. Well, the thing I is, like, he's like a, he's usually. like a pretty boy, so he's full of himself, right? So yeah. that scene at the very end, though, at the carousel, yeah, uh, that fight that they had, yeah, that final that scene, scene though, where he took his face and rubbed it against the glass, he was just sh- like shredding it down. That looked, he was screaming in pain, and I was like. He's like, I'm not gonna kill you, but you know, I'm I'm gonna fuck you up so bad that you're gonna look in the mirror every day and, and realize what a piece of shit you are. And he literally bashed his face into all these fucking mirror pieces. And do you know what I'm saying though? That scene that was gliding yeah. it against the fucking yeah. This shows rest. fucking like I said. This ties into me saying like how brutal this fucking show is, and I'm yeah. really happy they took it there. Um, I think it was a little out of his character to not kill Jigsaw. It would have been better if maybe he is about to kill him and then the cops show up and they get separated. Um, Because, you know, he's he's killing everyone. He wanted... He was going to kill that one dude, um, that one, like, lieutenant that he, like... They broke into that house and then that safe house and that lieutenant who was, like, getting, like, dominated by that chick. Like, he was going to kill him and he barely fucking knew him. That was hilarious, too, by the way. So I I think... it was a little out of character for him to not kill Billy Russo's character or the the character yeah, Billy Russo. Jigsaw, but, yeah, um, I I was fine with that. I'm like, all right, you know, they they need an arch villain, so th- that's what they're gonna do. That okay. But fine. he played a pretty good villain. He did. He played a very good villain. You know. Um. um yeah. So I mean, really quickly though, you know, I uh, want to bring up the fact, and I've mentioned this to you before when we were talking about Defenders. The only thing that puts me out from this show, and I love this show, and I want to see more, and I know they're going to have a season two and a season three and all this other shit, but um, this show is still based, this concept of this Punisher character, all that violence is based in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's it's clearly, it's, it is. because right, yeah. And it's weird because it doesn't feel like it. Like, I was telling you there was, like, uh, there were scenes, um, you know, with uh, basically... You know, like the there were scenes basically with uh, him looking over the city, and you wouldn't see like the Avengers Tower or Stark Tower, whatever the fuck it is now, or what. I mean, it wasn't in the background, or they made no mention about like you know, um, uh, Hy- uh, Hydra, you know, or anything about you know sh- Shield or nothing. There was nothing, and like no, I know it's wake off, uh, wake off material to a lot of fucking nerds. Well, it's just the references. The references, yeah, but you're you're. Pretty much saying, okay, this is a world where Spider-Man and Captain America and Thor, or they all exist, but that's more of like a sci-fi feel to it. With this, it doesn't feel like this could have should have been in its own world. Well, yeah, this yeah. just felt like just like a gritty action drama. You know, this yeah. didn't feel this didn't feel like it was a part of the the uh, MCU. And yeah. So 
You know, I'm I'm fine without the references. I've told you this before. I, I think references references are sprinkles on the cupcake, right? Or or, As, the, or the cake, however you want to reference, whatever okay. analogy you want to use. You know, you don't need them. It's just like, and you, especially you don't want too much either, because then it just becomes a shit show. Um, I feel like the the new Star Wars Episode Seven was just that whole movie was built on references, and we'll talk about that when we get into Star Wars Eight. Star Wars, but yeah. um, yeah, you know, I uh, I love Star Wars. I boy. love Star Wars, boy. I don't really. I don't care that they didn't make references. I yes, it feels very different, but it's just like one of those things where well, look, while 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 aliens and and Iron Man and all that's happening, there's still real world shit going on. Oh, it is. So you know, I'm I'm fine with it being weird. Now th- it would be different if it's like, oh yeah, Punisher is going to make an appearance in the Avengers uh, Infinity War. Then I'd be like, eh, that's that's weird. What? Um, that wouldn't work for me, but um, and I'm out, I I see now why he didn't make an appearance in uh, Defenders because even Defenders is more light hearted. Yeah, exactly. This is fucking brutal. This is brutal. But uh, you know, overall, I I think it's I think it's a damn good show, and I think the season finale was fantastic, which is more than I can say for most shows. Even Daredevil season two's finale, in my opinion, was dull. Yeah. Um, but I look forward to whenever season two comes out. Probably not for another year or two. Yeah, probably not. I mean, also he wasn't really the Punisher a lot in this in this on the in the series. I mean, he wore the vest I think twice, and um, it was more just kind of get to know him as a character. Even though he was still brutal, everyone was like thinking he was going to wear the fucking bulletproof uh, skull vest the entire time, and he wasn't. I'm glad he didn't. You know. Yeah, I'm I mean, glad it was the, more the of, scene uh, though character. really uh, the scene I love though. Also, it was the um, the warehouse scene when he comes back. We put he puts the vest on, and he takes the uh, the, uh, the deca- I can't even speak right now. Decapitated head with the grenade on it. Oh and he yeah. Throws it. It reminded me of like Sin City. Remember that scene in Sin City, uh, where um, there was a guy that had like a bomb in, in someone's mouth. It was decapitated head, and it blew up or something. I don't. Rem- I don't really remember. Ryan remembers it. He's shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, you do remember I, that. I don't really remember it all that well. But but anyways, uh, that scene, that whole uh, uh, fight scene in the warehouse is brutal, uh, or the uh, headquarters. But I think this is, like I said, the best Netflix show uh, as far as a Marvel uh, series goes right now into their Netflix world or whatever. Um, but I'm. I'm really excited to see more. I I have a feeling like the next season they're gonna have what Jigsaw plus Kingpin, because Kingpin is another that'd Punisher villain. That'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be cool. They can then they can have maybe like a Daredevil crossover again, you know, and you know, they'll do something with it. Um, yeah, no, I look forward to it. Um, I I want them to stay more on track with this because everything else besides Daredevil just doesn't really work for me. Keep keep the style of Luke Cage, like keep all that. But, you know, just try not to go full ham with the villain like they did with that. Yeah. Like, Diamondback, fucking... Fuck yeah, that. So, um, yeah, no, uh, this is... Would uh, you uh, give it a rewatch, you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give it some time. I'll probably rewatch it in the new year. Um, And I would definitely recommend it. You should watch it, right? Ryan, have you seen it? I have not. Oh, spoilers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We only spoiled some, like... A few minor things. It's uh, not. I didn't it's, want to go. It's into the not whole very comic booky. It's more just straight up like drama, violence, action. Yeah. So it's. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, I mean, if you haven't seen it, um, you don't need to watch the other Netflix shows. I think to see this show yeah. at all. There's they, a, they there's talk some about characters, the but so. you know, Turk comes back in one scene, but um, and Karen is in it. But besides that, you can just get through this show you don't have to watch daredevil or you don't have to watch luke cage or defenders or fucking that shitty iron fist show but um yeah i'm i'm uh i'm stoked to see more and uh everyone go watch punisher if you have a netflix account go watch punisher right now it's a fucking great show uh we say more because we both loved it and it's actually something that you loved and it's we don't talk about something you hate yeah it's it's nice to talk about something i like because i i hate talking about movies I don't like because, uh, well, one, it gets a little redundant, and two, I don't like being angry. I like to be happy, damn it. Yeah. So, uh, so everything we talked about here, uh, go check out Periphery, Animals as Leaders, Metallica, everyone faceless. knows that, Faceless. Yeah. Uh, and go check out Punisher. And I want to thank uh, Ryan for being behind the fucking keyboard on this one, man. Absolutely. What the fucking, uh, we, we hope to see him more. Or he's going to be our engineer here, man, he's Engineer pretty, Ryan. Yeah, this is our new, our new engineer. Yeah. Yeah, so welcome welcome to the crew. Yeah, welcome exactly. to the mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, anyways, that's another episode of the Geek Mosh Pit podcast. Uh, next week, I believe we're going to be talking about the Lord of the Rings yeah. trilogy we're series. We're going to rewind and, a little uh, We're going to have a couple guests on that one. We're going to get all fucking Hobbit on that shit. 
What is how uh, Hobbit loves second breakfast? We're gonna fucking do that. We're, sure. we're gonna get fucking. We're gonna get down with this shit. Yeah. So my name is Jason, and I'm Anthony, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take Peace. care.